Welcome to Ranch Raves Questions and Quotes, a podcast where I get to bitch, complain, basically my take on over 50 years on this planet. As always, I am not a licensed clinician, doctor, therapist, lawyer, or Indian chief. I'm just a guy that has certain views, certain opinions, certain thoughts on how things are, how things ought to be, how things used to be, and my life experiences. So I invite you, as always, to sit back, relax, grab a snack, join us for a little fun. Maybe you'll think I'm crazy. Maybe you'll think I'm right on the money. Either way, I always, as always, I look forward to hearing from you. You can reach me at mrrants50 at gmail.com or via my blog at my rrqq.wordpress.com and uh, welcome to the show okay guys welcome back welcome back um got some interesting things I, I just want you to take a listen to and uh, then you can decide for yourself on this one so as Kentuckians we are subjected on the internet to comments such as this one and you people deserve everything you get you vote for the people to keep you uneducated in poverty Blue state liberals, am I right? Anywho. But there's something that happens because of the disenfranchisement and the voter suppression and the fraud that happens in Kentucky. Let's dig a little deeper into that. So a prime example of what happens in Kentucky when voters feel disenfranchised and when voter suppression is rampant this is the voter turnout from last year's primary. Voter turnout, 14.4% registered voters, 3.5 million ballots cast, 500,000. But there's a reason why that is significant, not just for voter turnout, but for impact when there is fraud. That is well documented in Kentucky. Let me show you a few examples. You see, there's a phenomenon that happens in Kentucky that happens in very few places in the United States historically. Vote buying in Eastern Kentucky. Yes, vote buying. It is a thing here. So here's a story from 2014, vote buying reported in 19 Kentucky counties. Yes, you're reading that correctly. Vote buying reported in 19 Kentucky counties. Here's a story from 2004 about vote buying historically here in Kentucky. Here's a story from 2014 about the former mayor of Martin, Kentucky, convicted of violating civil rights and buying votes. It wasn't just her, it was her husband and several other people were convicted. Here's a federal grand jury case where four individuals were convicted um, on vote buying charges. Um, yeah. This story from this year, regarding last year's 2022 primary, 
about Kentucky Constable and six others who were indicted in a case alleging vote buying during the 2022 primary. So if you combine a 14% voter turnout with vote buying in a primary, what do you think happens? Because when you have voter fraud occurring in low turnout elections, it actually has disastrous consequential effects and it can actually change the outcome of an election. But we don't just have vote buying traditionally in Kentucky. There's something else happening here that is, it's not unique to Kentucky. There are several states who deal with this, but it's in regards to the age of our voting equipment, our voting machines. So here's a map of the United States that shows the states in blue using principal voting equipment that is 10 years or older. And this map shows states in blue that are using principal voting equipment that is no longer even manufactured, it's so old. And this one shows states and territories using discontinued assistive voting equipment. Just as a note, discontinued, Virginia is on that list as well. So we have voting equipment where it doesn't create a paper trail if votes are changed. And even though our Secretary of State says our, our elections are not fraudulent, great. You didn't catch anybody. Cool. You're not going to catch anybody with that type of voting equipment because it doesn't have a record of every keystroke. It doesn't maintain that. Then you have people buying votes. And you have low voter, voter turnout. So the combination creates a recipe for the Republicans to remain in power in Kentucky. I hope this taught you something so the next time you're tempted to post a comment like the one I showed you where we get what we deserve, I hope you remember this and I hope you pause because things aren't always as they appear and sometimes you need to do a little digging before you make a judgment against the people of an entire state. Okay, just to be fair and show that I don't play sides that lady is definitely a Democrat and she is definitely not for the Republicans but uh, I, I stumbled upon her her Facebook oh, not her Facebook I'm sorry her TikTok page and that was one of her videos and I have a, a few more I want to play for you because I, I want you to hear that as much as I bitch about the uh, corruption on the Democrat side, it's very flagrant in the Republican side as well. And that's why I think scared everybody about Orange Man Bad, good old Donald Trump, because he couldn't be bought and he was trying to straighten the swamp out and he was thwarted at every turn. But... Let me play the second video just so you can get a, a, a little taste of, of, and I have no reason to doubt this woman, so, uh, but give you a little taste of the, the Republican uh, issues. So let me tell you a story about Eastern Kentucky that you are probably not going to hear otherwise. And could it be dangerous for me to tell you this? Possibly but I think the story needs to be told. 
two decades ago, two decades ago, the family of William Martin decided to take the coal, oil, and gas companies to court because William Martin had been granted a lot of land, like thousands of acres, in eastern Kentucky for exemplary service during the Civil War, but the stipulation on the deed was that the mineral rights and water rights could not be sold. They had to pass with the land from generation to generation. Could not be sold. So fast forward to a couple of decades ago, some of the family that was doing genealogical research discovered this little tidbit of information. And when they checked, the oil, gas, and coal companies owned rights to the minerals for that land. So they got a court case together, got an attorney, and took them to court. Now, the gas company immediately recognized that the family had a case and put $180,000 in escrow waiting for the case to be settled. They were ready to settle. They owed the family money. They were going to pay the money they owed. But you see, the coal and oil company, yeah, they flat out refused. And they kept stalling the case. Meanwhile, the attorney for the family dies in a mysterious hit-and-run car accident. They finally find another attorney, and a few months in, he disappears and they never found his body. And I think any of us who know anything about Eastern Kentucky know exactly where his body is probably at right now. The bottom of an abandoned well in the mountains or in an abandoned mine shaft, probably. More than likely. So, the family finally found a third attorney to represent them from out of state. And after just a few months, that attorney got spooked by something or someone and dropped the case and went back home. So, when I tell you that the coal, oil, and gas companies in eastern Kentucky own judges, they own attorneys, they own sheriffs, they own mayors, they own anyone with power in eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Because you see, that family is owed, as of two decades ago, I'm not sure what the current number is, but two decades ago, the coal, oil, and gas companies owed that family over $250 million that they had stolen from the land. Oh, how do I know this, by the way? Because it's my family. Because I've sat in a courtroom in Hindman, Kentucky, and witnessed a judge allow the attorneys for the coal, oil, and gas companies to extend the um, trial date out, to push for a continuance. And time after time after time, the judge in Hindman, Kentucky, allowed the attorneys for the defendants to grant a continuance. They were granted a continuance repeatedly so they could make attorneys disappear. And he wouldn't allow the case to go to federal court because if it gets out of the mountains, then they don't own those judges. Yeah. There's a story for you. Those are the same people who own Mitch McConnell. 
So let me tell you a story about Eastern Kentucky that... Hmm, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, But let's finish it up. Okay, I get it. I have seen countless videos about Mitch McConnell today freezing up for the second time. And I get it. He is a horrific human being. But stick to the end here. Because if you aren't from Kentucky, these are things you need to understand about this state. And it's that the eastern half of our state is not governed by our government. It is owned by the oligarchs of the coal, oil, and gas companies. And Mitch McConnell sold his soul to those people decades ago. That's how he has stayed in power for so many years. And Mitch McConnell knows it's long past time for him to retire. You can see the panic and desperation in his eyes. The last few times you've seen him on camera, he is terrified. You know why? Because Daniel Cameron was supposed to be his replacement. You see, Daniel Cameron is the black man who is running for governor against the Democratic governor, Andy Bashir here in Kentucky. Daniel Cameron is the attorney general who completely botched, mishandled, misrepresented, and flat-out lied to the people of Kentucky and refused to prosecute the police officers who murdered Breonna Taylor. And Daniel Cameron was supposed to be the big star that Mitch McConnell was pushing to replace him. And Mitch McConnell is dying, and Daniel Cameron's not ready. And so when you're owned by the oligarchs of the coal, oil, and gas companies in Kentucky, you don't leave them unrepresented, unprotected. So Mitch McConnell is still in office, still struggling, dying on camera because Daniel Cameron isn't ready because he can't play this game and Mitch McConnell can't quit because if he quits, he's going to die sooner than he thought. I don't know which is better. Honestly, like, I can't stand the man, but the roosters are coming home to roost. And, you know, regret doesn't taste good warm or cold. Interesting. And again, I have no way of verifying uh, this video. Uh, and verifying her comments. I mean, I'm not real. I could uh, you know, do a deep dive, look her up, interview her, blah, 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 blah. But it's not for me. It, but I, I just thought I would bring that up because it's very interesting how, you know, politics is a nasty business and uh, they're looking to screw us, uh, <laughs> screw us up on both sides. But, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is the most divided we have been in years, I think. And, uh, but people are starting to wake up. I just, uh, I want to play this for you. 
TikTok has shown me that a lot of white people do the same shit that we do. My man, you just hit the nail on the head and you didn't even know it. See, the thing about this is those aren't black traits. Those aren't white traits either. Those are poor traits. Why did everybody have a fridge full of country crock containers with no country crock? Because it was just as good as Tupperware and you couldn't afford both. Why was that not so tight on the bread? Because you were going to eat that whole loaf of bread even if it dried out because we don't waste food in this house. See, these are traits developed by people living well below the poverty line so that they could survive in a world where the rich had the power. The rich developed a system that make us think it was black versus white so that we wouldn't look at it being really rich versus poor because there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah, there's some truth to that too. And uh, as I said a few podcasts ago, I think there's going to be a time when uh, there's definitely going to be a reckoning reckoning in uh, uh, the not-too-distant future. But uh, I just, you know, some people just don't understand. Some people don't care. Some people are just just the the blind leading the blind, uh, you know, uh, they don't pay attention. So, uh, anyway, that, that is that. And uh, let me put you on hold for a brief second while I pull up the next one. And again, uh, l- l- let me bring this up one, this one up because uh, this just, this is just sad the way we're treating our own people. Uh, there's got to be a... Now, now, don't get me wrong. Well, I'll come in after, after this. Hang on. All right, look, I'll tell you what, Amanda. I wasn't going to respond to you. I generally only respond to people once through video. But in honor of you not only being wrong, but being willing to comment like 500 fucking times to defend how wrong you are, let me just go ahead and clear this up for you. So Biden asked for the additional funding for Maui on Wednesday. And everyone was agreed this shit was going to go right through. However, everything came to a halt when they noticed that along with the $12 billion in emergency funding, they were also requesting $24.1 billion in military spending for Ukraine in the same package. That means that funding Hawaii's needs for Maui recovery has been tied to funding to back Ukraine's military. Like, what else do you need, Manda? Everybody wanted to approve the $12 billion. But then when they realized they'd also have to approve an additional $24 billion for Ukraine, the Republicans and a lot of Democrats said, fuck that. So you're still going to argue? All right, look. What the fuck, man? What the actual fuck? You guys literally, not... Not my listeners. My, my listeners mostly believe what I believe and think the way I think and, and draw their own intelligent conclusions. But let, let's break this down. Eighty-some million voters voted for this fucking retard. And yes, I know that's not politically cor- correct to say retard to begin with either. But okay, he, the, the man is gone. But no one 
and I, and I'm sorry, I don't wish for, and my mother will, oh, we have arguments about this because I've been to Ukraine. Those people are dying. There are good people. There this, this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And yes, I feel sorry for anybody that is innocent in a war-torn war zone area that is put in that position uh, in Afghanistan and in Iraq and Iran and in in, in Germany and in uh, France and England and, and, and in the U.S. All throughout the course of time, there have always been innocents that have been uh, killed and, and been in uh, the line of fire during a war that it should not have been. Women, children, uh, elderly people that should not have been there and do, do i think that the people that all the people of ukraine are guilty in this absolutely not but there there's something else going on money laundering uh biological you know weapons of uh, labs or, or or biological labs has been set out there too there's got to be some fucking reason that we keep sending billions and billions and billions of dollars to the Ukraine when our people are dying, when our people are, are, are I mean, they're, the fires in Maui and Lahaine, I think it is, I, I, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, they sent the kids home. The parents were working double shifts, a lot of them, for the tourist trade, for the tourists that were there. They are pulling families, what remains they can find, out of burned, built, burned to the ground buildings, out of burned to the ground cars. And the only way that we can get them the money that they need to rebuild is by giving $24.1 billion more in military aid to the Ukrainians? But you 80 million fucking people, which I don't believe is an actual number, that voted for Biden, you guys did this. You guys did this. You voted for this morally, ethically, spiritually decrepit leader that we have in office right now. I can't tell you how many videos and even that I've seen where it says even it would not have happened under Trump that Putin would have invaded. It happened under Obama. It's happened under Biden. It didn't happen under Trump and it wouldn't have happened under Trump, at least as far as I'm concerned. And yet here we are. But we can't give these people, our own American citizens, the support they need without tacking on pork to Ukraine on top of it. And I'm not the only one that thinks that way. Let's listen to this gentleman. Now, now, just so you know, this is a black gentleman. Now, I don't agree with everything he says, but he's talking about Dwayne Johnson a.k.a. The Rock, and Oprah Winfrey wanting donations for the people in Maui. Take a listen. Dwayne Johnson and Oprah Winfrey is asking for donations for the Hawaii fire. Do the rich people stay rich 
by taking from the poor. Let me explain. No thank you, Dwayne Johnson and Oprah Winfrey. Y'all billionaires want donations from people that can't afford to buy milk or fucking sugar. Kiss my ass. I was at the store a week ago. I had to help this lady buy a loaf of bread because her card declined. So that's who you asking to donate. We was locked down for two fucking years due to the pandemic. All kids is dumber today than they was yesterday because of it. We paying for the Ukraine war and people can't even fucking buy bread. Leave the poor alone and go and ask some of your rich ass friends. And then y'all laugh at the end of the video with y'all asking for donations. What the fuck is funny? People can't even buy syrup for their pancakes. Don't even think about no goddamn butter. People can't even buy milk for their cereal. Kids gotta put water on their Cheerios. People is eating peanut butter sandwiches because they can't afford no fucking jelly. The rich stay rich from taking away from the poor. If you really want to help Hawaii, use your own goddamn money. The one. Well, I admit the man has a point. I uh, saw another video where, you know, if all these so-called rich people chipped in all their money, they could rebuild that place in uh, in record time. But uh, uh, we we have just as a nation, we have just become something I don't recognize. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And uh, what happened to make America great again? What, uh, again, I ask, as I've asked in several other podcasts, what in the fuck was wrong with that? What is wrong with making America great again, caring for our own people? And if we go back to the uh, to the videos I played a little bit ago from the lady from West Virginia, or I'm sorry, Kentucky, about you know the, the Republican side being in, uh, and uh, and all that, and and when, what's it going to take? What is going to be the tipping point? When are we going to hit rock bottom and realize? That like the, like the one gentleman said, he's watching Tic Tac videos and sees that white people ain't as different from black people as he thought. Yeah, we're not. We're all struggling, trying to survive, trying to make life better for ourselves, for our families, for our children, for our, our, our extended family, and, and live life as best we can. And we keep sacrificing and the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. There is no more middle class. I would like to consider myself upper middle class. I have a good job. I bring home a decent salary. I have a lot of nice things that, that uh, I wasn't able to afford back in my younger years. But I've sweat and, and, and toiled and worked hard for what I have. And so have a lot of other people putting, you know, like I said a couple of videos ago, a couple of podcasts ago, you know, 45 fucking dollars for gas. 
to fill up a tank that will last me a week, if that. That's $90 every two weeks. That's $180 plus a month. That's only for one car. $180-some dollars. There's a bunch of shit I could have done with that $180. I mean, you even split it in half and say $20. Let's round it up. Let's say $50 a, a week times four weeks. That's $200 a month for gas per week. Now, let's split it up when Trump was in office and we were almost energy independent. And I was paying, say, let's run it up to $25. Let's, let's split it in half. $25 a week times four. That's $100. I am spending $100 more for gas to do the same shit to go to the same places, which are not across country, which are not, you know, three three states away. We're talking about around town, occasionally trips out of town within a 100, 200-mile radius tops. And I'm paying double for that. All because we've got some ethically, spiritually, physically decrepit administration running the show now. But, you know, hey, what do I know? Uh, and I'll just throw this into the mix, too. Trump has been indicted in Georgia. The last 14 years, I've called Georgia home. I have my business here, got married here. My daughter was born in Fulton County. I've been all over the world in most major U.S. cities. If I could live anywhere, I would stay right here in Georgia. To me, Georgia is the best place in the world. Where people still say, yes, ma'am, and thank you, sir where even the liberals go to church on Sundays. And to see the establishment drama brought to my doorsteps, the globalist socialist chaos brought to our community. Last night, when I watched the Fulton County DA smirk while she indicted former President Donald Trump along 18 others on RICO charges like they are part of the Sopranos, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty pissed. And then I read all 96 pages of the indictments. There is nothing in there to get anyone. The DA specifically said that the overt acts listed are not illegal on their own, but because there are enough of them, they can be charged as a criminal enterprise. What do these overt acts include? Questioning the outcome of the 2020 election, for making false statements about the integrity of the election in other states, for asking for email addresses of public officials and sending emails, for hiring forensic data teams to review election results, for requesting hearings to challenge the results, for unnamed people sending emails, and most importantly, mean tweets. This trial goes nowhere, and they know it. So why all the drama? And why was I so upset? It's not because of the charges. The charges are bullshit. It's because I could see their plan, and I could feel it working. You gotta see the big picture. The play is always geopolitics, always control. The globalist socialist establishment has already conquered L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, and Chicago. Where are the Trump indictments? They're trying to take New York, Virginia, Miami, and now Atlanta. Notice they are not indicting him in areas they've already won. It's a squeeze play. Can you see the map? The point of these indictments is not to prevent Trump from running for president. Of all the indictments and charges, none of them can prevent him from running. It's not even about preventing him from winning. 
They see that the poll numbers jump every time an indictment is announced. They truly believe that Trump was plotting to overthrow the U.S. government. They would focus all of their energy, resources, and personnel on one case and try to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't indict in multiple states with multiple charges with multiple teams of lawyers. You don't spray and pray. The sole point of the indictments is to divide this country, to keep us occupied fighting each other. Republican versus Democrat, man versus woman, black versus white versus brown versus yellow, poor versus less poor. Don't get distracted. It's not us versus each other. It's us versus them. They're not trying to save democracy. They're trying to crush it. If you're watching from Georgia, if you are my neighbor, beware. Look at what they've done in other cities, other states. Homelessness, drugs, and violence. Burning it all down so they can build it back up and gain control. The talking head propagandists will surely plaster the news cycle. This time, we got him. What they really mean is, this time, we got you. Yep. They got us. They got us divided. They got us fighting each other. They got us totally. As I've said many times on the podcast, I end each podcast, almost always end it with, if you think I'm wrong, think I'm full of shit, think I'm dead on the money, feel free to let me know. If you have uh, an opinion that you think I don't agree with and you want to debate it, let's do it. But people don't want to debate. People don't want to talk. I can have a mountain of evidence. You can have a mountain of evidence. Now, uh, now I, I take that back. You can have a mountain of evidence, and I would sit there and look at it and say, okay, well, you have some good points, or you don't have good points, or this is where this is true or not true or whatever, and we'd go through them. But I've talked to people daily where I say, I've got this amount of evidence. I can point you to this this news article or this study or this, that, or the other, or this, this news flash or this news brief or whatever. No, that's made up. I don't want to hear it. You're full of shit, blah, 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 blah. Even when you hand them the facts, they don't want to admit it. Why? Because we're, we're divided. They don't want to hear it. As of now, me, as a white man, I am a white supremacist. I have white privilege. I am homophobic, transphobic, bigoted. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm basically an, an elitist white person that has oppressed everybody in the in on the planet. Just because I was born white. That's the way I am. That's the way I was raised. That's the way I believe. That's the way I think. That's what everybody is telling everybody. That's what the news media says. That's what the the the, the people on that side of the of the, the of the divide of the abyss believe. Does it matter that I've sweated my and and worked my ass off to get the things I have uh, nope you've got white privilege 
doesn't matter that I've had hard times and I've uh, had times where I've had enough to eat, barely had enough to eat, sometimes didn't have enough to eat, but my, made sure my kids ate. The, you know, I could give you list after list after list uh, of the fallacies in this argument. But people are going to believe what they want to believe and they believe what they've been told. And facts be damned. And that's why I personally believe that we are beyond fixing. We're it's over. It's it's done. I don't think we're going to get back to a sense of normalcy like we used to be. Uh, now we will in some areas. You know, I, I heard during a pandemic, oh, you know, we got to get back to normal. This is the new normal, and blah 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 blah. And as I've said, you know, on a couple of other podcasts uh, that I've recorded tonight, you know, I've 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 gone out and I've been to concerts and I've I'm going to the the rock festival this week with my son and you know fifty thousand people there and 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 I've been to other concerts this this year, where thousands of people have been there. Black, white, brown, yellow, you know, all walks of life, all colors, all races, all sexual orientations, all religious beliefs, all, uh, you name it. And we've all come together as one to enjoy the music, to, to be part of the performance, to, to, uh, and no masks, no fear of COVID. And I'm sure I, 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 I didn't take a poll, but I'm sure not everybody was vaccinated. I'm sure not everybody was 100% healthy in the in the top bill of health. But we came together under that auspice of the music of the of, of seeing the concert and we enjoyed ourselves for that brief time until we departed and then we had let the pressures and and the bullshit and the politics of the world and 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 the country divide us again. And I don't think we're going to hit that part. Like I said uh, a little bit ago on on another podcast that I recorded earlier, on nine twelve, we were all Americans. Didn't matter, rich, poor, black, white, brown, Asian, whatever the hell you were, whatever sexual orientation you were, whatever color, race, sex, creed, religious affiliation, we were all Americans. And I think that's the last time that this will happen. I think that was the end of it. I hate to say that. I hate to be a pessimist. I would much rather be an optimist and see that the the, the glass is half full and we're, oh, happy day. We're all getting back. You know, life is getting back to normal, but it's not. Life, the function of life is getting back to normal after after the the pandemic. Kids are back in school. People are back at work to some degree. Uh, You know, we're all out about the, the, in general, a lot of people aren't wearing masks and we're back to, to life as usual as a functionality, as a, as a way of, of living, 
but we're not back to life as usual when it comes to, uh, you know, the way we see things or, or our beliefs or, you know, they, they've taken that and, and just ripped it right down the center. And I honestly, that's the part I don't think we can come, we can come back from unless there is a major, and I don't know what it might be, but a major catalyst, a major last, everybody hits rock bottom, we can't take it anymore, and there's a major uprising. But if that doesn't happen, I don't know where we go from here. And that's why I say that's another reason why I stepped back from doing um, the podcast because it got to be all political and it got to be a pain in the ass because I kept, uh, you know, it was one of those deals. I did not want the podcast to become this. I wanted the podcast to become my little observations. Yes, some... some uh, um, some important things, but some not so important things either. You know, some fun things. I didn't want it all to become uh, uh, political. But then we have situations because of the stupidity of people. And, and these are the people we voted into office. We have stuff like this. Perhaps the stupidest was this thing that happened in Congress yesterday. I'm just going to mention this briefly because it is indicative of where this year is going, and then we'll get to the actual big news stories of the day. So yesterday, Congress opened with a prayer. The prayer with which Congress opened is, I believe, the stupidest thing I have ever heard in all my life. In all my life. And I've heard many stupid things. I mean, I literally do a political talk show, so I hear stupid things on a daily basis. So yesterday, the, the person who opens with the opening prayer... Democratic Congress, obviously, opens by saying this. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. So just to be straight, this human said, amen and a women. And now, as the designated Jew in your political life, let me just remind you as a, as a Hebrew speaker, the word amen is not an English word. It comes from the Hebrew word, amen, which you say after prayers, which can originally be traced etymologically speaking to the word emet, which means truth. The idea of amen is solidarity, right? May it be so, or it's true, right? It's what amen means. Okay, it was then brought into Greek and Latin and then passed along to English. The word amen has literally nothing to do with gender. Perhaps does not mean a man it means amen in other words it is a sign it's like hallelujah right it's a sign of solidarity right that's that's what it is is an exclamation and yet somehow leftists have decided that the term amen because it is spelled a-m-e-n and includes the word men somehow is gendered language and so we are also supposed to say after prayers a women so a few things number one not only is that radically stupid on an etymological level, I mean, you would have to take the word amen, take it down to the pit of despair from the princess bride, put the torture machine on it, and torture it until it tosses out some sort of gendered variant. 
Not only is that stupid on that level, it would also then be meaningless. Why would you end a prayer, any prayer, and then just say, man? Like, what? that doesn't make any sense at all. It's idiotic. Beyond that, it's doubly idiotic because it turns out that people on the left don't actually believe that men and women are real concepts, right? They're malleable, men and women. So what they really should say, just to be tolerant, is not a men and a women. They should say a men, a women, and a gender is a social construct that is unconnected to biological sex, but also a biological imperative, and then bow their heads. That's where that should end. So well done all the way through, everybody. That's, um, that's a great way to start the year. And I think that the year can only get dumber from here, unfortunately. Did you know that every like on this video creates one additional leftist tier? Don't ask. Now, again, uh, I pulled that up. And it's from Ben Shapiro, obviously. And I don't believe that it happened yesterday. But the fact that it happened at all by our so-called intelligent elected leaders that don't even understand the words that they are saying. And we wonder why we have all this crap with birthing parents and uh, chest feeders and, and all this other craziness with with the words because they don't understand where things derive from in the history of our language or they just don't give a shit. I find it almost a toss-up on, on whether I believe they're actually that stupid or on the on the heads they're that stupid or tails they're doing it to be supposedly cunning and 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 change the way we accept what they think and 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 we follow the narrative I don't know I just I just think it's funny but uh I'm going to end this uh this podcast episode with uh one more thing and uh I think it's uh, quite fitting. Conservatives, stop asking liberals if they can get any dumber. They seem to be taking that shit as a challenge. Yeah. They have accepted the challenge and risen to the occasion. So with that, I will uh, sign off with my usual sign off of uh, if you uh, like what I have to say or if you disagree and you think I'm full of shit, please feel free, as always, to email me at mrrants50 at gmail.com or uh, leave me a message on my blog at myrrqq.wordpress.com. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you, even though I'm not going to hold my breath uh, because I'd be holding it for a very long time. But uh, it is nice to be back. I think I've done about five five podcasts already tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a few more just uh, for shits and giggles, and uh, who knows? So anyway, uh, I'll talk to you on the next one.